Good evening and welcome to tonight's edition of This One Life, Stories That Shape You. My guest tonight really needs no introduction. Lindy Chamberlain Creighton was one of my very first interviews when we first launched this program two and a half years ago. I was incredibly humbled and grateful that Lindy agreed to be one of my first guests and I still recall with great fondness that first meeting in a little cafe after I'd hired a car and driven two hours to meet her. That two-part interview we conducted later that day is still one of my all-time favourites. Last year marked 40 years since Lindy's precious and much-loved daughter Azaria was taken by a dingo whilst the family were camping at Ayers Rock, now known as Uluru. Lindy was later falsely accused, convicted and jailed for Azaria's death in one of the greatest miscarriages of justice our nation has ever witnessed. She'd be forgiven for being an angry, bitter woman. However, Lindy is anything but. Lindy is a woman of strong faith, honest, strong, wise and hilarious. And what you see in the media on TV is the Lindy she is in real life. And if you can believe it, she can talk even more than me. I'm honoured to know this amazing lady and to call her friend. Good evening once again, Lindy. Thanks for joining me again. Thank you, Sharon. It's a pleasure. It was great chatting to you last week and um, we talked about grief. Well, you did. I got a couple of words in. Um, but it was really great. Or and 10. Thank you. Or <laughs> 10. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I wanted to talk um, tonight in our, our interview about the topic of forgiveness because knowing you as well as I do now, I, I look, when I first met you, I, I knew that you were going to be the person that I envisaged you to be. Cause I think sometimes you just know when you see someone in the media and you, you see interviews, I think sometimes you know that that you have a hope that the person is going to be exactly as they are in real life. And I suspected, and I kind of knew that you would be, and, and you were, but I think people, you would be forgiven for being a person that would be bitter and angry and going through life with the biggest chip on your shoulders because of what you went through. And if anyone is listening here right now and you um, are not of our, our era, I mean, I think I was probably about 12 when, um, when Azaria passed away. Um, there is a lot to be angry for. Incidentally, I need to tell you this, Lindy, I, caught up with a, a girlfriend that I was in high school with. Um, last, last week, we caught up um, remotely and I told her that I'd had a brief chat with you <laughs> over the phone. And um, she said, do you know what? I, I remember the media at that time and I remember having this thought, believing the media that, that this woman has done this to her baby. And she said, I'm appalled that I thought that at the time. And I would love to say to her, I'm really sorry that as a 12 year old, I believed the media. And she said, if you ever get a chance to speak to Lindy, which she knows I do, can you tell her from me that I'm really sorry I thought that? And I said, I know that Lindy appreciates every single person that ever says anything to her. I, I know that she feels that. But I, I yeah you could be forgiven for being a very angry woman because what happened to you being, being not only suspected, then tricked and all the innuendos and then tried and then convicted and then jailed for something you had no part of defies logic. And really it was the, the, 
biggest miscarriage of justice our nation has ever seen and I hope never sees again. How are you not an angry woman? Well, <laughs> where to start? Um, I suppose we start first. Forgiveness, by the way, is one of the stages of grief. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> um, but it's also, I think, and I certainly had this point of view that mainly you hear about forgiveness in some sort of religious setting through a church. And I came to realise when I was in prison that although the Bible said forgive 70 times 7 and all that stuff, I used to think, but why wait that long um, and let a person have that much rope to keep on doing it and doing it and doing the same thing to you? What's that, what's that say, you know? Does that mean you're a really weak person or, or what? And you're waiting for the 78th time so you can pay back. You know, what's it really talking about? It's got to be more than that. It's got to be deeper than that. And I can't pinpoint the time when it really came to me, but all of a sudden it it hit me this is not talking about forgiving the other person at all um you know if we go in the lord's prayer forgive us our debtors as we forgive those who sin against us and all those sorts of things and yes there is that but all of a sudden I realized hang on I am not forgiving them for their sin their nastiness their part in it I can't do that I'm not God that is not my job so what am I forgiving? I'm not taking away their responsibility for what they've done at all. Yeah. So you better be thinking about this again. And then in quick succession, I realised, no, I'm in actual fact, God is saying, forgive what's happening because if you hold the grudge, you are the one who's paying the price, not the other person. Mm. If they know you've made, they've made you unhappy, well, they've succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. So therefore, where am I? What's my thoughts? What's going on here? I'm forgiving myself for being caught up in the nastiness that is trying to be piled on me. And I'm saying, no, I am not going to accept that nastiness. It's not mine to carry. I didn't cause it. 
I won't carry it on. I'm going to hand that responsibility back to the person or thing or event that caused it. And I am going to go on with my life. I'm going to be the captain of my own life and with God's help look forward and not look backwards. Yeah. This is what I'm forgiving. I'm forgiving me for being sidetracked for what's been done to me. And all of a sudden, forgiveness made sense. Because you can know you're supposed to forgive and all that sort of stuff. But putting it into practice, it's well nigh impossible unless you realise this is about me, not about them. They're responsible for what they did themselves and they're responsible to God for what they did. And in a lot of cases, they might be responsible to the law for what they've done. Their punishment will come that way. It should not come from you. If you're consumed with them making restitution for you when it was something they did on purpose anyway, you can't get restitutions, particularly for someone's life. Mm, that's right. And if you say it will be better when, the when will come and you'll realise it's no different for you. And so you will then go, oh, but if this also happens and that day it will go and if this also happens and you, you never get over it, you've got to pass it back. And when you say, this is not my burden, I'm going on with my life, all of a sudden you'll realise you are in control of your own life again. And I often sign in my books, you and God can get through absolutely anything together. And that is more the important thing, that, that you go forward and you don't take responsibility for somebody else. And once you start to do that, your own life, your own grief, doesn't it? even if it's losing a job, you feel grief over that and you can move forward because a lot of things that happen to us, they're not actually personal mm. and we take them personally and we shouldn't. And it's very hard to keep saying, this isn't about me and to be able to go forward and put it behind us. But we're not going to live full happy lives unless we do get out of the shadows, get into the sunshine and the other stuff. Sometimes it takes years like it did with me, but it will happen and you will be able to go on with your life and you haven't poisoned the rest of your life. You know, if I was Oprah, that would have been me. I would have been saying that was an aha moment for me. What you've just shared, I mean, I kind of knew it, but just that thought that forgiveness actually releases you. It's not really about the other person. It releases you. 
And I love that. Um, I want to talk with you more um, about what you've had to go through with forgiveness in your own life um, after the break. Um, so stick with us. I'm chatting with Lindy Chamberlain Creighton, uh, who's my special guest this evening, and we'll be back after this short break. Good evening. Welcome back to This One Life, Stories That Shape You. Um, you've been listening to my interview tonight with special guest Lindy Chamberlain Creighton. And tonight's topic, we've been talking about forgiveness. And um, just before the break, Lindy and I were chatting about the fact that when we choose forgiveness, it's actually more about us and the, the choice that we can make, what we can control rather than about the person that actually wronged us. Isn't that true, Lindy? It is true. And one interesting thing, I have a friend who has ended up deciding there were so many problems in his congregation that instead of being a pastor, he should be a counsellor. And now he does anger management courses in prisons and for cops and oh, wow. various things like that, um, and domestic violence. And we were talking one day about very early on when I started to talk about forgiveness publicly. And I said to him, here, read it. See if you've got any comments for me. And he read through it and he said, yeah, but you got to watch because there's words. If you say to a person, oh, okay, I've done something wrong, will you forgive me? You can't say that, which gave me a little bit of a shock at the time. And I said, what? And he said, well, that's arrogant. You are actually not sorry. You are putting the dependence back on the person you've hurt. Mm. And I went, what? And he said, we, we have to teach the guys in our group when one of the steps is they need to write to the person and it's a lot of domestic violence, rape, um, that sort of stuff. And so you don't say, look, I was wrong to rape you. Will you forgive me? because you've dumped it back onto the victim. Mm. What you have to say is, I was wrong. I should never have done this to you. I'm sorry. And if they choose to say, well, stiff cheese for you, that's their prerogative because they're still hurt. On the other hand, if they choose to say, well, I've, I've thought about it, I did not take your nastiness on board and make it ruin my life. I've moved on. So, yeah, now it's between you and God and I've forgiven and moved on a long time ago. That then allows the person to have their say, but it allows you now to work it out between you and God Yeah, because you've made restitution to the person and he said, and sometimes people walk up to someone and say, I forgive you. That's arrogant because what you're basically doing is saying, I'm a better person than you because I can forgive. And at times 
the person you're saying that to has no idea that you were offended over something, that they were offended over something you did unknowingly. And it told me a personal experience of this and said, I never knew I'd hurt my best friend's wife and she had held this for 20 years because yeah. she thought he said she was fat. He had no idea because he made a throw-off comment about something in general which he took personally. Yeah. And he said to me, if she'd said at the time, hey, that's really hurtful, I could have explained I never thought she was fat. It wasn't intentional and I wasn't talking about her and maybe she'd have had a better body image way back there. Yeah. But we bottle these things and that's not good either. So in our forgiveness journey, we need to learn to take responsibility for things we ourselves have done wrong and apologise for them. Whether the person accepts them or not, that's up to them. You've taken responsibility for yourself. And that removes a lot of stress from your own life because you put it behind you, you can move on. Oh, and the other thing is if something is done to you that you know is intentional and wrong, you also put that back on them mentally. You don't write them a letter and say, this is what I'm doing or whatever. You mentally put it back on them and then say, God, now help me to move forward and not water the nasty plant so that it corrupts me and move on. And it's amazing. You know, you can get your PhD in forgiveness these days. No, but I think I you, should, you, should, you should do a PhD in forgiveness. I, I, would, I would want hey, to you read. Hey, you've got to do a bachelor's first and oh, then a okay. master's and then a PhD. <laughs> you could I've done enough studying yeah. in my life. <laughs> I want to ask you something, um, Lindy. Can I ask you a question? Um, well, I can to... I finish the sentence Yeah, you first? finish the sentence and I'll try and get one word in. <laughs> um, poor lady. <laughs> in saying that, one of the guys, the first guy ever to do his PhD in forgiveness, tested people and he started working with mothers from Northern Ireland. And... He eventually got mothers from both sides together and talking about it and they discovered that they both they both had the same issues, the same grievances, the same sorries. They'd all lost sons, daughters, relatives in the fight and it wasn't until they acknowledged what had happened and realised that it was not a personal thing against them personally, that they were able to move on. And once they did, their health improved, their mental health improved, and their quality of life hugely improved. And that's all things that forgiveness can do for you. That's so true. Uh, just you just reminded me of something um, on on Oprah years ago. I saw this um, this girl. She 
she was called some horrible names. I think she had a teen pregnancy at school when she was at school and people were horrible to her. And there's one particular woman that made her life just said really nasty things. And because of that, this girl could not hold down a job her you know, for 20 years. Her life had just been massively impacted. And Oprah, um, got hold of this this person that had been the bully at school and when they met face to face the bully actually said to her i'm so sorry i don't even remember you like at one she didn't remember saying it but she actually didn't remember the girl whereas the girl had carried it for 20 years and i know there was forgiveness as a result of that but 20 years of this girl not being able to function in life because of words that were said from someone back in high school but yet the actual perpetrator hadn't thought twice had never thought about this person again and couldn't remember her and that's the thing a lot of the time so do you think if we are offended or someone hurts us intentionally or unintentionally we have a we should let them know we should give them that opportunity to know look sometimes it's really obvious and nothing would be gained by saying anything further at the time they know they've done it and done it deliberately but you know particularly with friends if something happens you have a right to say and they have a right to hear you say look that comment is really hurtful to me because of and then they have a chance to say, like my friend, I had no idea of that. You know, I, I think you're great. I've never thought for a moment that that it mm. was unintentional. I'm really sorry. And it's over. Yes. But if we don't say anything and go off in a sulk, half the time you're like, what did I say or do? Oh, well, they must be in a bad mood today. Well, I guess we just avoid them until they get over it. They never get over it. The friendship's broken. And the, the perpetrator, if you like to call it that, hasn't any idea what they've done. Mm. So you do have to use some common sense, obviously, but particularly in personal friendships and a husband and wife in a family. Mm need to turn around and say look i reacted like this because of and i've done this with rick once very early in our marriage and he was sort of looking there shocked and i, I walked out of the room and i thought rick loves me he did not mean it historically the way that's meant i need to talk to him and so I calmed down and then I came back in and said, look, I'm sorry, but always before that sentence has meant this. And I know you love me, but why did you say that? And it, it turned out just to be a throwaway expression. He had no intention. He said, I will make it a point never to use that again. Now I know. Yeah. I won't do it. And we both grew that day. That's so good. And the more of that you do, the closer you come together, the less you do of it, the further you drift apart. Mm. We've only got a couple of minutes left, but I, I just want to share with you one of the, something that stood out from me in my childhood, believe it or not, involving you. 
and it was um, one of the, it was probably 60 minutes. It was one of those events and it was very early on in the piece after your release um, with Ray Martin, I think it was. And it was one of the jurors and I know that it was a juror that felt... Yvonne Kane. Yep, that's her name. And she felt that you She's were innocent. She's the only one I've ever talked to direct. Yep, and she felt that you were innocent and she was pressured. Anyway, she... she she convicted was part of the jury that convicted you and I, I remember there was a meetup and um you know and her apologizing and i i remember i was probably 14 15 that still i can visualize that moment and visualize you hugging her you know the power of forgiveness she still carries it though which is she's apologized numerous times since and you've released and her said, of it. I can't, I can't believe I did that. And I can't convince her to let it go. But this is, it's an important thing to me that healed quite a bit and helped me to understand the reasons for a number of the jury. I mean, three of them were crying. Yeah when the verdict was handed down, well, a person that's crying, you think, well, they weren't totally on board with that. So what's, you know, what's going on? And I was able to understand some of the behind pressures going on there. But once again, in her place, she's got to go, look, I let myself be hoodwinked. Yeah. And I wasn't strong enough to stand up because I couldn't explain why I didn't agree at the time yeah. and then let it go. Um, and consequently, she's, she's had quite a few problems yeah. going down the track and, and people being nasty to her because she came out and said she was sorry, which is something else that shouldn't have happened. Don't you think sometimes, um, sometimes it's the, the hardest person to forgive is ourselves? And I really yes. believe only God can help us do that. And some people react the way they do because underneath they go, well, I would have done this, therefore that person must be guilty or not guilty because of the way I would have reacted. And it's once again, they're not you, and we should not judge other people by ourselves. That's God's job. That's right. Oh, Lindy, it's been once again, we could chat for hours, and we do, but for, for radio's sake, <laughs> um, I have to end the interview here. But um, it's been just such a pleasure to chat to you, and thank you for sharing. So you always do share with such realness and honesty and integrity. And I know that if these, this interview helps just one person in their forgiveness journey, then it's been worth it. So Absolutely. And in a couple of years time, you know, we might talk again on the yeah. record. On the record <laughs> that is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again, Lindy. And that's all we have time for tonight. Unfortunately, you've been listening to this one life stories that shape you. I look forward to your company again next time.